Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to our interview with writer Samantha Herman. It was so much fun to talk with her. We actually recorded this interview in September uh, in anticipation of the Fall Harvest movie, Love Under the Olive Tree, which didn't end up airing, ended up getting canceled. We don't know if we'll get it next year. We don't know what will happen, but uh, she is also the writer for Sense and Sensibility and Snowman, one of the writers, and so we thought that would be a good place to use this interview we did talk about it some and some of our other projects from previous years so i hope you enjoyed the interview but that's why there was sort of a lot of talk about the fall movie so thanks so much and enjoy hi everybody welcome to the hallmarkies podcast we're so excited today to have a, another interview with one of our hallmark writers we love talking to the writers of the hallmark films and we have Samantha Herman today on the podcast. This is really exciting. And I'm Rachel and Samantha. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Samantha, writer, producer, and lawyer. Um, and excited and enthusiastic Hallmark viewer and participant. So thanks yeah. for having me on. Yeah. So we usually ask our guests to introduce themselves and, and, uh, and tell us what inspired you to become uh a, a writer or an uh, or an actress or whatever it might be but you've done quite a few things as you say worn quite a few hats so uh why don't you tell us a little bit about sort of your career journey <laughs> what you've done sure. so they all you know orbit the same entertainment landscape i always wanted to be a writer but i didn't know how to do that um or if it was going to be viable so i went to law school to have a little something practical under my belt um, and so I've been doing both of those things for a while now. Um, I do entertainment, law, and business affairs consulting. And um, the first movie that I wrote, I wrote with my brother while we were both in law school, different schools, but at the same time, because um, we were scholarly and I needed a little bit more flavor in my life. So we write, wrote a comedy together that we um, eventually self-produced um, called Let's Wrap. That was Aww. my first script that exists to be seen. And that's how the ball got rolling on that. Um, uh-huh. And so I came to LA with nothing, didn't know anybody, had no job, broke the bar, passed here, and ended up uh, working in a law firm. It wasn't really for me. And I'll cut to the uh, highlights of it. But long story short, I ended up working on a couple short films um, doing the business affairs and the paperwork just as a friend. Um, uh-huh. I got my feet wet doing that. And ended up just hitting it off with that team. And then we, they were in Toronto, which is my home city. And with them, I produced that movie, Let's Wrap, a bunch of other short films, music videos, and I still work with them on some projects. Um, So that kind of got me into the entertainment scene a little bit more, but I was still doing the law. And what I really wanted to be doing was the creative. Um, So my first homework thing, I don't know if you want me to get right into Mm -hmm. that, well, um, um, I so, wrote. Uh, but let's talk a little about some of that. So you uh, decided to go to law school as a kind of a practical uh, backup of what you were going to do. And I mean, that's pretty impressive because I feel like most people who go to law school for those reasons don't make it through. Don't <laughs> aren't able to finish, especially <laughs> passing the bar. That's very, very impressive. Well, thank you. I like, I liked law. I don't. Uh-huh 
have not abandoned it totally. So I still have that as part of my life. I, I work on contracts, so it's still the written word, which is my passion. Um, it just happens to be legalese sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I was going to ask how that experience has helped you in your career. Do you feel like it's been useful? It's totally been useful because when I'm doing the producing stuff, so I produced two features last year um, that I did not write. Um, one's called Robbery. It's getting a theatrical run in Toronto next week, oh. two weeks from now, October 4th. What day is it right now? And uh, another <laughs> called The Bellman, uh, which is just in post-production right now. So a lot of my tasks were legally related. I was doing a lot of the paperwork and like business admin of it. So I got to be able to combine that knowledge and that experience with the creative being on set and tapping into the creative decision-making. So uh-huh. it was a good sense. Um, yeah. So it's totally been useful in that way. It's, I don't have representation right now, so it's useful uh, I, I'm my own lawyer. Uh-huh. Um, so that's good. Um, and sometimes I just toss in lawyer characters for fun. <laughs> very good. Well, because usually lawyers are very suspect. I mean, if you're a lawyer, yeah. <laughs> in movies, it's, it's not good. I'm terrible people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless maybe on the mystery shows, you have a better. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, uh, yeah. True. So, uh, were you always kind of writing as a, as a, a kid and, and you just kind of had a dream of being a writer? I did, but I was, I think I was too shy to really fully embrace it. Um, in fact, I just ran into last week, my arts high school teacher. Um, so I was in Toronto for the film festival and I saw her in line for a movie and I was nervous to approach her cause she'd been impactful, but I was always too shy to really say what I wanted to do. But I took all these arts classes uh-huh. and I was immersing in it, but I just couldn't, I didn't want to share any of my work or even say what my dreams were. And I said, well, I did approach her. She remembered me. It was a little bit awkward, but she was very kind. And I said, uh-huh. I wish I'd been more outgoing because I was basically a mute and so shy. She's like, I know, I remember. And that was very embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I remember that you were <laughs> yeah. socially and awkward. I won't date myself, but it's been a while since I was there. So, yeah. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so, in answer to your question, I always wanted to do this, but I didn't know. I didn't feel comfortable really mm-hmm getting out there with it so law school also helped with that too because it forced me you know they call on you in class so yeah. it forced me to get over my shyness that makes sense yeah I I can relate because I always thought it would be the coolest job ever to be a film critic but I never thought that that could happen for me like I never it's not like it's not that I it's I didn't even like consciously register it as a career option like it was just like it's not like I was saying oh I'm not good enough for it I didn't even like it was like it wasn't even a thought that came through my my head that oh I could go do that I don't know if that makes sense oh that's a thing I (laughs) can pursue yeah Yeah. I get it and uh and so when I when I started doing reviews on my other channel just for fun uh it was and on my blog uh you know it was just for that just for fun and when they added me to rotten tomatoes it was just kind of like what what is happening i can't believe that's so cool what's going on Uh, and and so then it wasn't until this year that i really started seriously kind of trying to make a plan and trying to say well maybe i could really do this maybe i could 
what what's happening (laughs) so do you force yourself to see films that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. normally want to see definitely just because you want to review them yeah yeah i mean i still uh i mean i still have movies that i i'm not really that big into horror that's sort of my i've been trying to push myself a little bit but i i'm the same we have the same taste (laughs) but (laughs) no i've been i've been trying to push myself a little bit in there but i right now i feel like i don't have to push myself super hard if i'm not there's no organization that's uh that's you know pay me or hire me if somebody wants to hire me to review it chapter two then i'll go see it and watch it but other otherwise eh, i'll pass yeah. on that one but <laughs> i did see that the other day um, but yeah it was not my normal speed yeah yeah i I'm caught like up three, i watched the first one like a week ago i'll push myself but a three-hour horror movie to a to a first movie that i didn't see eh, i'll pass on that one but uh but i have That's been nice. trying to push myself yeah. Uh, a, a little bit you know out of my comfort zone because i want to have a, a good well-rounded ron tomatoes profile you know that covers yeah, and a lot it's of sometimes fun to see stuff that's bad yeah yeah no that's true and uh, yeah i mean i usually see around uh t- not including tv movies but around uh, 200 releases in the year so we'll see how i do this year uh, i forget what i'm at but uh, did you see anything good at tiff when you were there? Uh, I saw 13 movies and I felt uh-huh. so horrible because I plan all the schedules for my family. I'm in charge of our group schedule. <laughs> and I did so much research. I didn't plan to see any of like the hot tickets because uh-huh. they're going to come out anyway. And then, right. you know, so when didn't see Joker or the Mr. Rogers, none of those hot ones. But right. I like put in so much research and I thought I had well-reasoned uh selections and i had it turns out that there were so many duds and oh. i felt so bad and the two best movies that i saw um i saw on my own without the group uh. so <laughs> i felt really bad but they were um sound of metal which is riz ahmed playing a rock drummer who loses his hearing and just like uh-huh. dealing with the aftermath of that change in his life very powerful and then actually a horror movie which i normally would not go to see um but it was called the vigil um oh. yiddish and english language horror movie super unusual and amazing yeah i i i have the same things when i was happening at sundance because i've i've been regular tenants of sunday of sundance film festival for the last four years and uh i i try i really do i try to i try to research but sometimes i'll end up seeing something just because it's in the same building and i don't have time to get to another building or so i'm like well i'll go see this why not and i'm like well that was not a good use of two hours why why did i do that well at least you're seeing films there i go to we'll have to link up if we both go this year but i've seen in i think five total sundances two or three films total oh my gosh terrible yeah like why am i going yeah (laughs) you're just doing pure press huh or just well you know i didn't even say it on purpose but it's actually like a natural segue because the way i got into hallmark was from socializing at sundance oh okay yeah yeah see uh i i go to the to the salt lake part of sundance i don't usually get up there to because uh, I get the Salt Lake City Pass, which is cheaper. Ah, gotcha. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't usually get the, a lot of that Park City stuff. But maybe I should. Maybe I'm missing out on all these connections. 
Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, I love, I do love Sundance. And I, and there are usually quite a few gems uh, that, I, I mean, I got to see The Farewell. There's a really great documentary called Maiden that I loved about the, uh, the first all women's uh, sailing team in the race around the world. Uh, it's oh cool so well done you got to see it and <laughs> i really liked a movie called the report uh with adam driver that's going to come out this fall uh that was as close to sort of a um mr smith goes to washington kind of a movie that i've seen in a long time it was just like oh cool that Dan seems Jones. like a strange choice for him so i'm excited yeah dan jones the hero <laughs> it was great <laughs> But uh, but anyway, yeah. So those festival experiences can be can be very interesting. That's for sure. Uh, and I'm excited because October fifteenth is is coming up sooner, and that's when I'll be able to get my uh, local pass. So people want to make sure to put that on their calendar for Sundance if they're uh, if they're looking. It's already they're almost going. October. My God. I know, crazy, huh? But anyway so uh uh, so yeah you before we get into hallmark you told me through email that you are a big reality tv fan and particularly these uh these shows like survivor and big brother uh and big time yes and so that's how uh my co-host amber and i met was through being fans of survivor and particularly this podcast because rob has a podcast uh that we both love and uh so uh, i don't know big brother as well but uh what is it that you like about these kind of shows i like the drama i like uh-huh. the competition but i don't bachelor no slight on it. It's just not my cup right. of tea because they don't do any challenges. Right. So I'm in it for that. I'm in it for the strategy of the alliances. And also they go a little bit nutty. And I like that. You fight about nothing. And I find that very humorous. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in Big Brother because they are, you know, locked away with no simulation for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple yeah, I'm in it for the competition. But Big Brother is such a time commitment it's i mean yeah but it's over the summer so all the other shows are off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, i'm not just into the reality i'm into all sorts of tv so i've yeah. got my gonna do my homework this week of what's starting next week and, totally. yeah. and survivor's back i think next week i know i was not a fan of last season of survivor i i just felt like that season was such a betrayal of like the whole concept of the show the idea I agree. That, and then the guy who won probably, uh, he was not even in the show and it's won. not even that like he deserved to win he was playing within the rules of that game i don't have a problem yes. i have a problem with them setting up those rules the whole yeah they don't regret him yeah the whole point of the show is supposed to be somebody who is uh is first of all getting by with very little and is strategically playing the game but strategically uh playing the social game where they beat out everybody else and yeah you can make a claim that he did that but the problem is 
is that we didn't see any of it. <laughs> so I, they have a perfect, agree. They have a perfect game. The game is perfect and they ruined it. It made me so mad. And, and I was just like, how can you have, like, it's one thing to have Redemption Island. And it's not like that's the best, but at least they had to do something. They were, they had a, you know, they had game to play. Like they did something on Redemption Island, right? This is just I them know. sitting. I agree. Sitting on this island. For it. Oh, I was, I was <laughs> and so And it went for so long. Mad. Like at least like wrap that up, which fell a few weeks ago. No, it went like basically to the end. Yeah. And, and not only that, but they give him, he basically gets an idol right when he comes out. I, I was furious and I, I just felt like it betrayed everything that m- made the game interesting and exciting and it just in the, in the uh, service of a gimmick. And the fact they're bringing it back just makes me sick. And it, Are they have, bringing it back this season? Not oh, this man. season, but next season when they're going to have oh. all winners, they're going to bring back, the, uh, which just makes me so, so frustrated. And, you know, I just think that why on earth would we want to spend a season following people whose games are basically like don't matter at all and and then following a bunch of people who are just sitting on an island like they're not doing anything and i'm with you but let me ask ah let me ask you though are you still gonna watch i i am even despite everything i can't i can't quit i i I mean, I don't know because I am going to be so busy with all of these Hallmark movies, uh, but, and all these podcasts, but I, I probably won't be able to resist just because I love the podcast. I love Rob as a podcast so much, um, but I, it just makes me sad because they had something perfect just i mean they just got so in love with all of these gimmicks that they forgot that the reason why people like the show is because of the strategy for the most part uh there's plenty other places where you can watch pretty people in bikinis and you can uh you know all the other what the reason why you watch survivor is because of this of the of seeing all of these people trying to play the game while also being themselves and that's what makes it interesting and that's why every single winner is is different in the way that they win because uh that's what that's they just took away the game theory of it which makes me really they did they did i don't care for the gimmicks big brothers gimmicks too like where america votes in like i don't care what Uh, america thinks about the show just let them uh, do their thing and play and i don't like that they've now made fire making a definitive thing in the end in the finale i don't care for that no you have to earn your vote or not earn your vote i know it's true and it made me sad too that just like these people who you'd think would know better would give would give the prize to 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 somebody who had played almost no no strategy of the game like i was very disappointed in that too that uh that they would allow their personal connections with the person i mean i guess there's something about game theory there i guess but it it just was fundamentally flawed because we didn't get to see it I agree. We get some very wonky juries who don't television. vote. This is an edited television show. 
I mean, at least Big Brother is live, so it would make a little more sense. But yeah, Starbucks has a luxury; they can show all the <sighs> best juice. Yeah, uh, you get some juries that are like so bitter, and like that's why Russell has never won. Right? Yeah, yeah. Ugh, makes me crazy. I was so mad with that finale. I was furious. So, so sorry. <laughs> to become a survivor <laughs> podcast but i never really expressed it to hardly to anybody how angry that made me because because it's something i love and i feel like they just trampled it and ruined it and maybe uh, but well anytime if you want to message me to discuss okay. i'm available all right that'll be good so passion for it <laughs> but i do love sandra and boston rob i love them so this whole mentors thing yeah. Could, could be fun, but I just, I'm not in a trusting spot with Survivor at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go with like limited expectations this time. <laughs> Hope for the best. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. They are the good folks over at Glamour Jewelry Box. And right now you can save $5 on your first month subscription. Go to GlamourJewelryBox.com and use offer code Hallmarkies during checkout. And what Glamour Jewelry Box does is every month they will send you a bracelet, a necklace, and a pair of earrings. And they try to be on trend, but not like weird on trend. And so if you want to finish off that holiday ensemble, the holiday outfit with like the perfect accessories, this is such a fun way to have something that is unique, that's affordable, and that not everybody is going to have at, at your get togethers and your parties, you know, things like that. Also makes a, a wonderful gift because uh, who doesn't like getting something fun in the mail every month? So definitely check it out. Save five dollars on your first month subscription you go to glamourjewelrybox.com use offer code hallmarkies during checkout Mark, let's listen so oh yeah are, were, you a big, hand. were you a big fan of hallmark movies was something you watched uh growing up or that you oh yeah kind of movies Majorly. yeah 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 i watched them all the time for years we didn't have hallmark channel in canada but it would be you know licensed to other channels uh -huh. and when i moved to the u.s I called a cable company and I said, and this is fully true, like years before I was working with them, this is when I moved to Chicago for school, I said, I need the basic cable package that has Hallmark. Whatever that tier is, that's what I need. Yeah. And so I finally had it. Uh, and that was uh, 10 plus years ago. Um, so in answer to your question in a long-winded way, yes, I've been watching them forever. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I didn't uh, fall into this by accident. Uh -huh. True enthusiast. Yeah. So you're just making your connections and stuff at Sundance and you're like, oh my gosh, you do Hallmark movies? I love Hallmark movies. But not even on purpose. It, yeah. This was yeah. completely fortuitous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I had written what became Mingle All the Way. It was called something else at the time um, on spec because I had had like a little bit of interest. I thought from a production company, but the, as things do, the, you know, the trail went cold, but I wrote it anyway. And with Hallmark in mind as the uh -huh. platform for it. But I really didn't know what to do with it. I was just sitting on this thing. And then Sundance 2017, I guess, I was at a party and Jen Lilly was there by chance. And I, I knew of her from Days of Our Lives because I'm also a daytime enthusiast. I'm an enthusiast of a lot of different styles <laughs> of programming. But <laughs> so I recognized her from that and I knew because I'd seen her in the 
ads that she had just done a Hallmark movie that was set to air soon after. Uh-huh. And just by luck of the draw, my friend that I was traveling with knew the friend that she was traveling with. And so we all just ended up in a conversation. And I introduced myself and just fully as a small talk item, not with any agenda, because I didn't have an agenda really. I just mentioned that I had written this thing and she asked if she could read it. And I, of course, said yes. I didn't know if she actually would, um, but she did. And she liked it. And then she shepherded it to her connections there, producers, and eventually to the execs. Yeah. And, you know, took some time, um, but they acquired it and then we reworked it internally until it became Lingua and she was the EP and leading lady. That is really cool. I We love Jen Lilly on the podcast. So she's been on our podcast twice and she's just oh, she's cool. the best. Uh, so add yeah, another... She changed my life. Yeah, add another positive to her long list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the 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 work that she does just in adoption and in her other charities and, and, and not to mention her making adorable movies that we love. Uh, so she's just, she's just great. And uh, so uh, that's really cool that you got to yeah, it was amazing. And meet her it was, and that she was as nice as, as we all imagine. <laughs> totally. And like a lot of those conversations and not through malice or any bad intention, uh-huh. but you meet a lot of people at these things and sometimes sure. just the trail goes cold and nothing comes of it. And that's just yeah. pretty common. So I didn't know what to expect and to not only have her, you know, read it, from A to Z actually uh-huh. like did something about it and you know she's now going to be in one of my Christmas ones that's starting to film soon so oh. all full circle yeah uh so uh, mingle all the way let's talk about it so uh this app that yeah gets people their plus one for like work parties and stuff like that first of all how did you come up with that idea and would you sign up for this app if it existed <laughs> It, totally. That's how I came up with the idea because I wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of stuff on my own and I don't uh-huh. mind, but it would be nice to have someone with like, yeah. not no strings and like a gross way, but just like to accompany me to have someone hold my purse if I need it. Yeah. Um, and then vice versa, I could go to their thing. So I came up with the idea through true selfishness. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would be the first to sign up. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's an interesting idea because I, I don't know. I thought about one of my, one of my friends, uh, when she got married, she insisted that all of us single, her for single friends, all, we all had to bring a date. And at first I thought that's weird because they don't know this person that's getting married. Like that's sort of awkward. You know, who am I going to get? And I, I was just not into the idea, but she insisted and I was like, okay, fine. So I, I brought a date. Uh, so I had a plus one and it was way better, way better. Cause I had somebody to dance with whenever I, you know, I wasn't just sitting there bored like I'm at most weddings and, you know, you yeah. just have somebody to talk to. And, and uh, so I'm like, this is interesting. This idea of just, not having just for the sort of the companionship of these events that would otherwise be so boring i think it's totally it's just to have a partner in crime yeah. to navigate the the conversations and then to not have to worry about flirting or have them like you back or any of yeah. those like true dating 
um, anxieties, that's like a separate thing. That's a separate ad. Um, I think the harder so, part. I'm in. I think the harder part is when it gets, and obviously you kind of have to do this in order to make a narrative work, but the harder part would be uh, an app that was like setting up kind of multiple plus ones with the same person kind of a thing because, because I don't know, that, that would be a little bit weirder, I think, like, because, because you're supposed to be in a relationship with this person, but like you're 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 going plus one on many different activities with them they would start to get a little weird uh but uh but yeah i i think if it was just uh oh got this company party come or this thing that i have to go to wedding if i have to go to a wedding uh then you have a natural plus one I yep it'd be interesting <laughs> but uh so yeah what about the the sort of the rest of the so you had the idea of the app and then kind of built the story around around the app or how did it all kind of come about oh so long ago how did yeah i think i think i had the idea for the app first and who the email would be who molly would be uh-huh. and then i just started figuring out like who would be her match on that in a way where it could unfold uh-huh. in the course of a movie and what their obstacles would be. So I put in his family stuff, I put in his work stuff, but it, uh-huh. from my first draft to what aired um, did change a lot. So I'm trying to remember like what my Genesis ideas were that actually uh-huh. ended up on the screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, mostly it was the app and the two leads. That's what well, sucked from beginning to end. Well, we were so excited because it was like a showcase of – uh, Hallmarkies podcast because it had uh it had uh, Jen Lilly who we've interviewed twice it had Sandy Sadu, Casey Manderson uh and uh and Ava Grace Cooper who we all interviewed so, yeah so, oh nice yeah got them all. <laughs> I know <laughs> it was very exciting <laughs> and you must have been excited when you found out Lindsay Wagner was going to be in your movie I, I would have been. I lost it. I, I yeah. visited the set on the days when she was there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like There's the a picture that exists of us. Yeah, uh-huh. but she, it was on her phone and she didn't send it to me. So it exists, but I don't have it. Oh. <laughs> That's great. Cool. That. If you're listening, Lindsay, if you're listening, yeah, yeah. send me <laughs> the photo. Uh, she she was just at Salt Lake. Uh, uh fan x the comic-con basically here her her and lee majors where it did a panel and cool. uh they're so cool <laughs> they're just like the coolest people ever so <laughs> exciting. yeah that was uh exciting and then she was really nice and yeah we were looking at a scene that she was doing together and i just couldn't believe that that was happening to me yeah well and i really liked the little side romance like i said between casey manerson and sandy sadu's characters that like the little officer to romance going on there that was so cute oh thank you my favorite thing to do are the secondary love stories uh-huh maybe yeah. i'll make write a new one called you know the bee romance yeah <laughs> Well, it just adds like a layer, another layer to the, to enjoy the, the movie on that you got you know, like your main romance, but oh, look, there's this little side thing. That's super fun. Yeah. So yeah, it's my jam. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So then you also had small town Christmas. 
that yeah. same uh, it's was this an original script or a rewrite that was a rewrite uh so it was already kind of underway when i came on board uh-huh. um so it was a different kind of challenge but uh-huh. really fun it was a quick turnaround and um i think it turned out but i was given you know the core premise and the core material to work with so it was a totally different style yeah so this one about this sort of this writer who uh comes back to the sort of the hometown and the well the town that inspired that she'd written about based on the stories that this this guy would tell her uh you know she has she she comes back and i mean could you kind of connect with it as a writer you know writing or was it more challenging kind of writing about a writer um i think i connected to it so i won't jump ahead too much but the one of my christmas ones this year is also about the publishing world so i guess i'm just into that scene uh-huh. um so i i didn't create the idea of it in small town but i was happy to work on it because i like the writer's mindset so it did help that uh-huh. they were creative people both leads and i'm nerdy about books and film so that was fun yeah well, I really like the the whole the ending of that movie with them in the the uh, um, them outside, you know, by the the car, and them kind of. I I thought the whole ending kiss in that movie was really nice, the way it was written, done, um, and there is some heart there because you know he ended up raising his niece and uh and that's the reason why he had left uh and obviously that's really really sad uh and uh but i know so there was there was a a little bit of heart to the story uh which is probably why it was on the um i think it was on the movies and mysteries it was on the hmm yeah Yeah, it was so that the mandate for that is like a little less comedy exactly what you said just a little bit more heartfelt and my signature move across the board seems to be killing all the parents of everyone (laughs) every generation Uh, (laughs) you need to work i know it's like not uncommon yeah (laughs) but yeah that's uh my thing Uh, (laughs) you're like yeah you're like uh disney animators kill all the parents (laughs) yep especially the mothers they're gone oh yeah (laughs) that's cool yeah, I know that um, Christopher Pillow really tried to sort of be Jimmy Stewart in that movie, even his voice and different things. Uh, so was that sort of what you were thinking when you wrote it? Were you kind of thinking it's a wonderful life, kind of Jimmy Stewart? I wasn't totally thinking it. it, it I just met him uh, a couple of months ago when he asked me the same thing. And I said, you did an amazing performance and you like, totally elevated what my vision was. So. Uh-huh. Um, the character was, you know, obviously drawn in my mind, but the, the way his nuance and his choices were his own, totally. And I thought it made it so much better. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, it was good. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, too. I thought it was really sweet. And uh, so, and I loved his, the bookstore, the whole thing. Uh, there how he has everything organized by these crazy categories yeah, i love the way that like a designer an amazing job uh-huh. um that with that that looks so good i didn't visit that one unfortunately but uh-huh. uh, i liked what i saw yeah 
for sure. That's cool. So <laughs> the, the reason why I had originally contacted you was because of the fall harvest movie, Love Under the Olive Tree, but we are in kind of limbo as of this recording on the 17th of September about what's going on with this movie, but let's talk about it anyway, because sure. <laughs> it'll show up on Hallmark at some point in time. All in um, good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Love Under the Olive Tree. So was this a original or was this, uh, was this a rewrite? Uh, it was an original script with a story by, um, by a team. So I was contacted um, oddly enough. So I'm telling you all these like strange networking things, <laughs> yeah. like nothing has in my career has ever happened through what seems to be traditional or normal. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, so I know, I've heard so many stories like this of people that, uh, that are able to build their portfolio through things like this, uh, in, uh, in Hollywood over, I, I don't think it's maybe as unusual as, as we all would think. Yeah, I guess there is no yeah. traditional or normal anymore. But um, <laughs> for this one, I was contacted um, on private message on Instagram um, by a guy named Antonio. I didn't know him. I know him well now. Uh-huh. Um, and he said, hey, do you write Hallmark movies? And I, I thought in my head, who are you? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I wrote him back. And it was not a like nothing conversation. He's uh-huh. the executive producer on it. He hired me on it. Um, and... You know, after it wasn't like I was hired off Instagram, but we started the conversation and he chose me and never said it was okay to choose me. And so what I received for that one was about a page in like prose paragraph form. Uh-huh. It's the core story. And well, you haven't seen it, so I won't spoil it, but um, that it's about two competing olive oil ranches and that it culminates in the festival um, and just the two main characters. So that's what I was given and then I had to take it from there. But uh, there was something concrete already off the ground. So was it kind of sort of a Romeo and Juliet kind of like battling families of olive oil? Yeah, totally that. Uh, yeah, that was an inspiration. And also, I don't know if anyone on your show will know this show or watch the show, but um, Dallas uh-huh. was yeah. one of my favorite shows in the 80s with, you know, Jerry <laughs> Ewing. So they were um, competing, not olive oil, but just regular oil families. So... Those are my two inspirations, Romeo and Juliet and yeah. Dallas. Good. That's good. Uh, yeah. So kind of similar to, um, uh, have you seen the Hallmark, uh, the Autumn in the Vineyard? Have you seen that one? That one's pretty good. Uh, I'm it's sure about... I have. Was that, was that a Rachel Lee Cook? Yeah. Yeah. The sequel. I just watched it the other day. Yeah. Because I have sequel... a backlog on my DVR. That was really good. <laughs> The sequel's not my favorite, but the original was was a lot of fun. With these you know kids of these two uh, winery families, they end up having this house that they have to share, and they literally like divide the house into <laughs> with like masking yeah. tape or whatever. And uh, that that was a I thought a pretty fun uh, fun uh, Hallmark movie. So it's 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 in that same kind of kind of vain a little bit so yeah. i'm getting so so yeah. so tori anderson is part of one of the olive oil people and ben ben hollingsworth is, is the other is that right yeah so their their respective grandfathers originally had one ranch together that fractured years ago rivalry continues and now they're two separate ranches and 
kids grew up together but couldn't really be friends. I don't uh-huh. want to say too much, yeah. but they couldn't, you know, it was a taboo for them to be friends with each other because of the older generations. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, I hope we get to see it very soon. Uh, I hope yeah. So. yeah, so the reason they come together on this one is that there's a border controversy on where the land, okay. which, you know, a parcel, which family doesn't belong to. And so that's the spark of the rivalry, the re-spark of the rivalry. Yeah. And there's some kind of competition, all oil competition yep. or festival, yep. of course. Yep. So I went to Ojai to do some field research at one of their oh. olive oil places, um, which was really fun. I love field yeah. research. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, that, that's always seemed like that would be the most fun thing about Hallmark movies is, is getting to see the fake festivals that they put on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slash contests or whatever. I think that would be, uh, I just saw here in Utah that they just had an announcement for the, uh, uh, for a fall harvest festival and I was like oh my gosh I have to go this is so exciting totally well I went to the visit this set and uh, I happened to be there on one of the big festival days and yeah. it looked so good and they did such a good job that I said oh should I buy one of those um, olive oil bottles as like a token memento and then yeah. they were like are you crazy and I said what I want one and they like showed me it was just like grocery store stuff that had been dolled up for the movie. They did such a great job. I was cool. And I was yeah. looking straight at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of cool because uh, it has two uh, Hallmark vets, veterans, I guess you might say, but Ben Hollingsworth hasn't been in one for, since 2015. So that's kind of exciting. And I'm not sure how long it's been since Sean Roberts has been in one, but but uh, he, uh, I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> um, I think so, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he, I think Ben has a Christmas one this season too, or when, when something, mm-hmm. I think he has another one percolating. I'm not sure. Yeah. He, I guess he was in mismatched uh, Sean Roberts, not in 2016, but he was in one of my all time favorite homework movies called recipe for love with Daniel Panabaker. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. It's yep. so good. That whole scene where they're baking bread is, I kind of joke that it's the uh, Hallmark version of the uh, ghost pottery of scene. Pottery. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like we need more like that. Hallmark movies, come on. <laughs> I, because I, I, I do like a little, I like when we get an early kiss. It doesn't happen that often, but just like a little bit more intimacy. I mean, I'm not asking for PG-13 here, folks. I just, it's a <laughs> little more. I mean, because I don't know, because it makes the story more interesting because then they have to deal with that. It's not just this near kiss where you're- I know. I watched one the other day. The name is now going to escape me, but it had a festival yeah. and a hot air balloon, fear of heights, maybe it'll uh-huh. ring a bell. It'll yeah, all, yeah, it'll come yeah. to me. But yeah, there were like a couple of kisses along the way. I was yeah. very surprised. My thing I was the mime one and excited. That yes. that is yes, very that's true. exactly it. Yes. Because then they have to deal with it and then it makes it interesting and their characters grow and, and it just like defies believability most of the time these near kisses because especially when it's something that can be very easily ignored, like any sensible human would ignore like a little sound or a phone ringing <laughs> Are you kidding me like if ryan pavey is trying to kiss me and there's 
my phone rings. I'm not answering the phone. Like this is this is yeah, what phone? Yeah, right. What phone? <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, Recipe for Love is is one of the best. I absolutely love it. I mean, and it's just got really good characters, and it's really, I it's it's really good. Uh, but uh, I'll have to rewatch that one. Yes, <laughs> we'd like to take a second to thank our second sponsor for this episode of the podcast. They are at Skylight Frame, and right now you can get ten dollars off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, and you go to Skylight Frame dot com that's s-k-y-l-i-g-h-t-f-r-a-m-e and you enter code hallmark not hallmarkies just hallmark and you can get ten dollars off and what this is really neat about is that's such an easy way to to display photos in a new format because we've had digital frames for a long time but this is a completely digital experience you don't have to have your frame connected to the computer at all people can email photos right directly to your frame so what could be so fun about this is you could be looking at your frame and surprise photo from a member of your family could just pop up and i think that's such a delightful idea you think of all the pictures that we take on instagram and uh, on our phones and if you could just one click send that directly to the frame of a member of your family that would just be such a novel fun concept i think they are very attractive it's a black frame with a white mat and it looks just like any other picture frame so it doesn't look like a digital frame that we've seen before it has 100 satisfaction guarantee you'll really enjoy it. And I think it would just make such a nice gift, especially if you think of somebody like a grandma or somebody that's really important to the whole family and that everybody could be sending photos to the frame. Uh, it has a touch screen. It's just easy to use. And you can save $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. You go to skylightframe.com, enter code Hallmark. That's Skylight Frame, S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com code hallmark <laughs> um but uh but yeah i mean it has a really good cast uh yeah, we love karen holness she's in it and uh yeah so i uh, hope we get to see it soon and peter deloise directing i mean he's, he's yes amazing. very exciting he threw me into a my little cameo so look out for a very oh. awkward woman clapping in one of the scenes <laughs> that's me yeah <laughs> I was, I was happy cool. to do it, but I'm uh, not a natural on-screen talent. Were your other movies, did you get to go on set, or uh, was this your first one to be on set? Um, I went to Mingle and Olive Tree, but okay. not the other one. Good. Cool. That's good. Um, so you have multiple Christmas movies coming out, is that correct? Yes, I've got uh, two in this in the 2019 block. One uh -huh. is Sense, Sensibility, and Snowmen. Okay. Um, so that one's already complete. Yeah. That's an Aaron Krako, Luke McFarlane. Yeah, um, I want to talk to you about Those this. Are the leads. So, All right. Uh, <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so Hallmark's track record with Jane Austen, homages, I would say, I wouldn't even call them adaptations, has not been the best. I did not like either of the Pride and Prejudice last year. And... So I'm a little nervous about this one, although the cast is undeniably charming. So what yeah, can you so say I, to calm? I, 
I think the movie turned out real, or I haven't seen the movie, but I think it turned out really well. But uh-huh. uh, as far as like cueing to the actual book, not so much. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, have limited expectations for like true uh, <laughs> book adaptation. I mean, it's okay. the two sisters, so still that is the trope. Um, but otherwise, it's kind of its own thing. Okay. And... But I think you'll like it still. I, I'm okay. just happy with how it turned out, and I think it's going to be a fun one okay well i guess i i can i can but i i just because the thing about pride pride prejudice and mistletoe last year is the whole movie was just them planning this party there was almost no conflict at all it was just i and i was like there's nothing about this movie that's pride and prejudice but even aside from that it was just I don't know. I thought it was so dull. It just didn't. Well, do, yeah, it just wasn't my favorite. And uh, and I just feel like if you're gonna make a Darcy character, like the last person in a million years I would think of as a Darcy character is Lacey Chabert. Like Lacey Chabert is all sweetness and kindness, and like what? Like she is not somebody that I I. And so because of that they couldn't really make her darcy-ish at all and therefore she wasn't it was just in the name and it was just them planning this party for two hours i i just (laughs) i did not like it so this one's about a part actually about a party planning too but (laughs) i i i feel like you're gonna like it okay as long as you are okay with it not being a fully faithful sensibility okay fair enough i can i can i can deal with that <laughs> okay I mean, and like i said the the cast is undeniably charming with yeah. aaron and luke and i feel like there were other people i saw online uh that are yeah uh, kimberly Susat is um yes, second sister right. and jason mckinnon is the her partner in crime uh-huh. um so yeah, when they told me the cast, I was really excited. Uh-huh. That's cool. Very good. Uh, and so then what is your other Christmas movie that you are doing? The other one is Angel Falls, Poland, A Novel Holiday. Um, uh-huh. So that is the follow-up to Christmas and Angel Falls. Oh, so, that's right. So is this going to be about a, is it more of a spinoff or is it? Uh, it's the same town, uh, new leads. Okay, so uh, so we're not going to see Rachel Boston or not uh, this one. The, so this is just in the same universe, but but different. Yeah, characters. and um, Bo Bridges will carry over as the angel. Oh, okay, good. Because I loved Christmas in Angel Falls. I thought it was so good. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved the chemistry between paul green and rachel boston that that was great and that's a pretty early kisses in that one that kiss in the church sure. was yeah the best absolutely loved that <laughs> and <laughs> and i loved the whole idea of free will and just i don't know it was so good it kind of reminded me of uh the preacher's wife slash bishop's wife depending on which version you like yeah. uh story and uh, so uh, how how did you kind of go about trying to kind of make the sequel and making it your own uh, and uh, make this one had a lot of freedom to it. I just had to be situated 
were situated and have, you know, the angel component. But this one, it's different because the, I don't want to like reveal too much, but the, neither of the romantic leads are an angel. So it's a totally different dynamic. Oh, okay. They're both totally just different. people. Oh, oh, good. Okay. So poor Angel Falls, it's still <laughs> in need of divine intervention. Yes. That's good. Yes. So I've got a different, uh, I don't want to call them sad. Different people uh-huh. who need to be revived with their Christmas spirit. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, we're I'm really excited for that. That's for sure. What we like to do to end off our interviews is we do some silly questions. And oh, all right. Yes, because we were just talking about Christmas movies, I'm going to give you the Christmas version of our silly questions. So here we go. What is your favorite holiday drink? Eggnog. Okay, good. Uh, all right. Uh, what is your favorite cookie or treat? Holiday cookie or oh, treat? Um, all of them, but I'll <laughs> say... <laughs> is shortbread, does that count? Sure. Is that yeah. holiday Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, what is your favorite Christmas song or carol? Um, Mariah Carey's just All I want general. for Christmas is you. Is that what it's <laughs> yeah, called? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so basic, but it's so good. It and also really the really one, good. the one from the Peanuts that I can never remember the name of. The one from who? The Peanuts. Christmas time this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that's the name, but right. that one. That's my that's, jam. That's really good. Okay. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Home Alone. Oh, I love Home Alone. Yeah, that's a, Home Alone's a formative movie for me. I saw it when I was nine years old, and it was the first comedy that I ever really, really liked. I so, watch it every year. Both yeah. of them love it. So good. Good choice. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite holiday tradition to do every year? You know, I'm going to give you a confession. I'm Jewish. Uh-huh. So my Christmas celebrations are mostly by watching Hallmark movies. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> it could be a Jewish holiday, just whatever holiday tradition okay. you like. Uh, well, I did celebrate Christmas growing up, and we would do the cookies and milk for Santa. Uh-huh. I'll okay. go with that. Okay, good. All right. Uh, what is a memorable holiday gift that you've either given or received? Um, I took my mom to New York for Aww. a gift and took her on a Broadway tour because that's her Aww. favorite thing. So it was more that's an experience awesome. than a, you know, tangible. Uh-huh. That's the best kind, I think. I think, Definitely yeah. the best kind. What shows did you guys see? We saw, uh, The Prom, Town Network, oh. and Kill a So this is recent. Oh. Yeah, just barely. Jealous. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see <laughs> Town so much. That's I, amazing oh so so good i mean just the album i loved and what i saw from you know the clips and stuff it looked amazing so i can't wait to see it uh so very cool uh so uh, which would you pick scrooge or the grinch scrooge okay good for sure (laughs) okay uh do you prefer mcduck really if i had to like isolate which version yeah yeah that yeah okay uh clear lights are colored color but one color oh okay good okay uh snowball fight or snowman making snowman oh i'm not a good thrower 
of snowmen. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> would you describe yourself as a good gift wrapper or not? Yes, I take it very seriously. Okay. Good corners. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, last question. Uh, what is your ugliest Christmas sweater? Or holiday oh. sweater, excuse me. What do you think? Do I have anything that hideous? I want. I need to load up. I've got some that are like kind of just like the basic knit, but I don't have any that have like the full. I want something that has like just like a full wacky like snowman's face or Rudolph. I just I want the full thing, so yeah. I might have to load up this year. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Well, good. So you passed the test. <laughs> the holiday questions. <laughs> oh, good. Very good. <laughs> So, What's my score? I didn't know. There was a, yeah. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, you passed. Uh, so very good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was a lot of fun. I got to get out my survivor angst, and we got to talk about a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> and uh, so I really appreciate it. And where can people? No, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, where can people follow you on social media or all that fun stuff? Um, all of them, mostly I'm on the gram. I have Twitter. I don't really use it. And it's uh -huh. an S underscore Hermie, H-E-R-M-Y. Okay, great. I will put all that in the description section so people can follow. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, and on Ryan Tomatoes. So check that out. And if you follow, please follow the podcast, The Homework Use Pod, all over social media and on iTunes and YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give us your thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We would really appreciate that too. And consider becoming a patron. We have these fun interviews. We really, really enjoy uh, our uh, patrons. So take a look. The information for that is in the description section. So thanks so much, Samantha. This was really fun. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. You're so pro with your finale. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> have a good rest of your day. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye.